Welcome back to uh, Popcorn for Dinner. This is Jeff. And Kelly. Um, so it's TIFF season right now, Toronto International Film Festival. Okay. I think it just wrapped up like in the last day or so. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they had, um, fuck, I forget what they're calling it now. Will you be my neighbor <laughs> or whatever? What, what's, the, what's the Mr. Rogers movie called? Wonderful Day in the Neighborhood or something, something like that. Yeah, but that screened. Mm-hmm. A couple of reviews I saw said it was pretty good. That's good. Yeah. I was a little concerned, honestly, from that trailer of watching him playing Mr. Rogers. Like, it's such a weird, mm-hmm. like, convergence of childhood. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. And, like, childhood wholesomeness. Yeah, exactly. It's just so strange. It's like, it, I know so well what Mr. Rogers looks and sounds like. Mm-hmm. And I know so well what tom hanks looks and sounds like <laughs> so seeing one try to imitate the other was a little off-putting like where i'm like i don't know how well i'm gonna buy this yeah but apparently people buy it pretty well <laughs> i'm excited for it mm-hmm. I, I hope it's good i'm definitely not rooting against it i'm wondering how i'm gonna deal with that <laughs> <laughs> but like who else could play mr rogers yeah, I mean, uh, one one that popped into my head that was like, oh, he's just a little too young. He would need it would need to be there be in many years when he's older, or they'd have to do something to it. But I can't help but think of uh, Ed Norton. I can see it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I don't know how much he'd want to. Yeah, <laughs> he's very picky about what he does and yeah, all that. But like, as soon as I heard the casting of Tom Hanks, I was like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. And then my brain went into like, but who else would? I feel like he would have been a really good one. Also, they uh, uh, the lighthouse showed. Did you see the new trailer for the lighthouse? I have not. It's pretty great. There's, I think it's like the second half of the trailer is mostly Willem Dafoe saying the word "what" like <laughs> over and over over like different shots from the movie. I think they just keep playing <laughs> the same audio clip of him saying "what." What? And then and then it cuts back to the scene where he's saying it and then mm-hmm. Robert Pattinson starts repeating it back at him. Like, what? <laughs> what? And it's just like as oh like chaos God. just builds and all the rest of the sequences. And it's just like this is gonna be so fucking weird. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm oh, so excited to see just uh, just a I'll really weird bizarre it's gonna get. Oh man. And I can't believe like I, I will admit I don't know his entire filmography. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to Willem Dafoe, watching this, I just can't help but think, like, how has he not played like a sea captain <laughs> right? Like, in every other movie <laughs> in one way or another? Because I know that pirate movies went like out of vogue mm-hmm. in the 90s, like they, they got or maybe even earlier than the 90s, but like they got like too expensive and nobody went to see them and people were like, fuck this. Nobody mm-hmm. likes pirates anymore. Until like, Pirates of the Caribbean. Exactly. And then that sort of brought brought that like sort of naval story back but it's like he doesn't even have to play like an old timey pirate mm-hmm. he could just play like a longshoreman or something you know just somebody yeah. on like a fishing boat or something like how has he not played every role like that <laughs> it seems like it's... untapped potential he's got such a great like rugged scraggly look to him in this movie <laughs> that just so fits like oh my god this is the this is the role that he was made to play all the roles before this were just practice he would be the guy they got the boat from to go kill jaws yeah, I, you know, honestly, I was thinking about that. I was like, they'd never remake Jaws, but Willem Dafoe would be the perfect new Quint. Mm-hmm. Like, oh man, yeah. that would be a killer one. 
Which then, of course, always just sends me off on tangents of who would play everyone else in the movie. <laughs> uh, Patrick Wilson would probably play Chief Brody. Remind me who Patrick Wilson he, he's, is. Uh, he's Ed Warren in the Conjuring movies. Oh, okay. And he's in Insidious and all that junk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, he would play. He would definitely play Chief Brody in a now version of Jaws. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> and uh, and I, couldn't, I couldn't quite place who would play the Richard Dreyfuss character. I was Hooper. <laughs> have to be someone kind of manic <laughs> somebody's got a little bit of like ah, to them yeah <laughs> whatever that that but, quintessential but but not indefinable quite, eh. uh derek pimento jason mansuka yes not quite that eh. <laughs> yeah not that far out there i don't think reel it in a little bit that would that would make for a fucking ridiculous ass movie though <laughs> <laughs> like, having, having like Quentin Brody playing it totally straight and then just complete <laughs> insanity from the Hooper character people are just like what is he even talking about that might be a little much <laughs> a little too far in that direction so for this uh, this week's show we decided to take a look at some movies that we felt could have been so much better mm-hmm. movies that had everything going for it and yet just could not quite bring it across the finish line at least to us yeah because I'm sure there's plenty of people out there who'd be like, that movie was perfect. What are you talking about? Yeah. Or be like, that movie was insalvageable. Yeah. <laughs> you should have yes. left it at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> Just let it burn. Burn at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking I'm SpongeBob sorry. rules. <laughs> yes. Always. <laughs> so hysterically, we both gravitated towards <laughs> very similar movies. Yes. Um, For multiple reasons. So we both picked... True crime movies mm-hmm. starring Johnny Depp. Yep. <laughs> Which is so funny. Yep. Like, and also kind of sad in my sort of, you yeah. know, in, in my feeling. It's like we get two movies starring him playing two of the most notorious, like, gangsters mm-hmm. in American history. Mm-hmm. And they both fall short. My pick uh, is uh, the more recent Black Mass, but yes. yours is the not. Not nearly as old sounding as I sort of as that <laughs> intro sort of led uh, anyone to believe. Yeah. But uh, Public Enemies. Yes. Because I, I remember us going to see Public Enemies. Yeah. And we were pretty so, darn psyched for it. I know. I think the worst thing about it is just how it looks. Yeah. Like, I, I really just, did not like I, that. The technology to make it look like 1930s Chicago, like use film. Yeah, right. Like that, it seems like <laughs> the obvious choice. Step one. Use film. Yeah. Like, why was that decision made? It's like I get it a tiny bit simply because I'm pretty sure the movie he, that Michael Mann did before that was uh, Collateral, one with Tom Cruise as a hitman and Jamie Foxx as a taxi driver driving around. It's set in L.A. and it's set in the present day, okay. you know, and mm-hmm. he shot it that same way with the, like, high def mm-hmm. video more so than film. Yeah. And... Based on the setting, based on the kind of style of movie it was, it didn't. It never really came off the way that it does in Public Enemies. It, it's it yeah. feels a lot more natural. And then you cut to Public Enemies, and it's like, okay, well, the setting is not current day Los Angeles. It exactly. is 1930s or whatever fucking Chicago, yeah, Chicago, middle of the country kind yeah, of stuff. They made 1930s Chicago look decent enough as far as like. However, they did it with CGI or set pieces or whatever. Yeah. It looked good as a set. Mm -hmm. It felt very bland and like maybe that's more 
realistic mm-hmm. <laughs> than the sort of intentionally like highly stylized old gangster movies but it's like yeah. maybe that's what the story kind of needed it was yeah. it was literally what those movies were kind of about yeah like those movies can... were fake versions of the yeah. real shit that dillinger <laughs> was doing in the day so it's like make the dillinger movie like those movies yeah give it some like flair and panache exactly like you can still tell an accurate story you just jazz it up a little bit yeah just a little bit you know? a few more songs come on <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how well johnny depp can sing um yeah i don't know i know he plays guitar <laughs> that doesn't surprise me it's just fucking john dillinger wailing a solo <laughs> in the middle of the movie as they're escaping yeah on the roof of the escape car <laughs> people are pointing at it like what the fuck is that thing <laughs> your kids are gonna love it <laughs> fucking public enemies back to the future crossover back to the futures those movies are great the way they are no one can ever touch them public enemies though that should be redone <laughs> you can touch everything touch it all <laughs> mix it all up in there really get your hands in that movie <laughs> rough around a little bit wasn't there like one sequence where they got like babyface Nelson or something like yeah. that? Where yeah, Christian Bale's that... character like caught someone, and even though that technically happened after Dillinger was dead, also that whole sequence. I did, and the I actually just sequence. just rewatched it, and it's just as confusing looking <laughs> now because you're watching these. Is, this... Isn't it a bunch of slow mo? There is. Like, yes. Such flying at him and no, there's he he gets shot from behind twice. The Uh, first one comes out his like like cheekbone, and then the next one comes out like his like ribs. Okay, knowing Michael Mann, I'm assuming that he like really accurately portrayed where he like I'm assuming there's medical records of Mm -hmm. exactly where he was shot. So I'm assuming he took the exact thing. They got the exact set because I've been to that corner where uh-huh. he was shot. Like that corner is still intact. Yeah. Um, and I've been there, and they they got it right. Right. The how it looks and where he died and that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was a little bummed by how that ending happened because, like, I sort of just wanted to see it happen. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't just like occur. You know, no. it's not like a quick like, and you're like, holy shit. Yeah, you know, no. he just died. It's like, let's take our time. Mm-hmm. Slow mo bullets. Because they're, they're walking through. down. Da- well, oh, they're yeah. walking down the street and then they just come out of the theater. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. One thing that I meant to look into that I didn't was to see what movie John Dillinger actually went to see the night that he was killed. Oh. And see if that was the movie that was playing in the in Public Enemies. I bet you it was. I I don't know if it was. <laughs> because the scene from whatever, like it, it was a time appropriate movie, I could tell. Uh huh. Um, but whatever scene it was, it was just like too spot on for what was happening in oh, Public Enemies. Like Israel. Mm-hmm. Nod, wink. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because it's, you know, this character talking about like, it's better to be killed than be locked up in prison. Oh, <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> so it was like he goes out, he sees them, turns and keeps walking like, yep, either I give myself up and go to prison or I keep walking and get killed. Yeah. Like, <laughs> come on. I better do what that movie told me. Exactly. I remember almost legitimately feeling sick in the theater watching it during some of those like nighttime shootout scenes. Mm-hmm. 
because that video look was just not good yeah i was literally like i can't fucking there was a moment where fucking somebody gets shot and i was like oh my god did they just did they just kill john dillinger yeah and then later in the sequence you see johnny depp again and you're like oh wait well, mm-hmm. Who the fuck was that? Because they it was like it just it was so blurry and so yeah. so frenetic and just weird looking that it's like I couldn't focus on anybody correctly and I was mm-hmm. like okay and that guy's Johnny Depp and then oh my god he's dead yeah okay so that mustn't <laughs> have been Johnny Depp who's this guy oh is that Johnny Depp like couldn't even fucking tell what was happening anymore yeah so that definitely could have just some restraint just I don't know I don't know there's a million ways you can go with it you know something that I also think of that kind of bothered me where it's like all right i get if you're wanting to show dillinger in like a serious light and you're trying to not mm-hmm. uh, glorify yeah like, you know essentially a bank robber and murderer and all that mm-hmm. um but when you hear some of the stories of the things that he did it's like there's almost no other way to play it and i almost mm-hmm. feel like the movie could have used a little bit more levity Mm-hmm. in a way because there's that whole sequence where he escapes from jail with like a gun carved out of soap or some shit yeah like a block of wood or something like it's mm-hmm. a fake ass it's a fake gun mm-hmm. and he uses it to like wrangle like six or seven guards and like take them hostage and then escape from the jail and they were talking you know, i think michael mann himself or maybe whoever wrote the movie was talking about how they were like, yeah, we had to like tone it down because he took like 20 guards hostage with that <laughs> fake gun and it was just too ridiculous. And I was like, fucking play that straight. Yeah. Like make it Wait, funny. Make it be a moment where you like suddenly cut to <laughs> oh, John Dillinger. What did you do? <laughs> exactly. Like he's like a fuck. He, like he got in over his head like, oh, man, it just started. And then a snowball effect. And now there's 20 of them. That's be, what I want to see. Yeah, it would be. It would. I mean, I guess you're, if you're going to a Michael Mann movie, you're not necessarily going for like the laughs. So you know, I, I get that that really wouldn't be his thing but I, mm-hmm. I i guess really what what the sort of topic we're talking about is is that it's like it could have been better so it's like well maybe maybe that was the thing that made it not be right maybe it shouldn't have been michael mann, michael mann. maybe yeah. somebody else should have taken a crack at it because it's like and obviously and nothing against it, michael mann like fucking mm-hmm. i fuck i love heat heat is a goddamn great movie and collateral is a really good movie too like he makes he makes really good movies, and so it's not like I'm trying to say, like, oh, what a bum. <laughs> but it's just like maybe maybe the movie needed a different direction. Yeah. And I don't even know what would be the best way to go. Yeah. Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> Quentin Tarantino, John Dillinger movie. Because he would do that whole that. escape scene. Oh, yeah. And he would play it for laughs and for, like. This is what really happened. Yeah, like he would probably break the fourth wall and have Samuel Jackson voiceover be like, this shit actually happened. <laughs> 20 fucking guards. <laughs> that would be tight, man. That, that would be awesome. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's, it may, maybe it's just a, a, a sort of reflection of the times, but it's just like, it feels like that was so long ago now. I was like, yeah, technically it's not even like 100 years, I don't think. You know what I mean? I think it was like the 30s, so mm-hmm. not even necessarily 100 years since then. But it still just feels Almost so... Almost 90 years. Yeah, it feels like so mythical mm-hmm. and like outlandish. It's like you almost got to play it like it's like a legend, mm-hmm. like a Jesse James kind of thing, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's like you just, you kind of have to, to <laughs> you're trying to make it realistic, I don't think, is a great way to go about it. It just makes it really dry. It takes a really interesting yeah. story because they're always so heightened and back then there was much less in terms of like proof of that shit. Yeah. So it's like I'm sure that that 
Guard one is real, but I'm sure there's plenty of other stories about things that John Dillinger did where it's like, yeah, that was just the word from that lady who lived down the block who saw mm-hmm. the robbery happen. Who was like, I swear they had a flaming dog with them. And it's like, oh, my God. Play it up like the sort of tall tale it's yeah. kind of become. I think that would be a fun way to go with that one. Mm-hmm. Now, mine, on the other hand, I feel like would benefit, like, because the movie itself, for one, is is Black Mass, like I think we mentioned. I don't recall if I said that already. <laughs> but so, you know, you get Johnny Depp playing John Dillinger, mm-hmm. and then you get him playing Whitey Bulger. Yep. And it's like, in this case, much more recent, much yeah. more of like an actual thing where it's like he literally only just got captured and died like in the past decade Mm -hmm. it's like fuck he was on the run for like 20 years it definitely benefits from the way that the movie's made where it's very much like a just like a modern slick procedural Mm -hmm. kind of flick yeah watching it again i'm a little less impressed with johnny depp's whitey bulger Mm -hmm. performance because i remember right after seeing it i was like even if i was disappointed he was he was pretty good Mm -hmm. and he's still pretty good yeah but there's a lot of times where his Boston accent just like slips into like, what the fuck was that? Was that like Transylvanian for a second there? <laughs> I don't even know what you were going with that one. But also I feel like it's too much about Whitey. I feel mm-hmm. like White, like watching it again and realizing how much Whitey's in the movie, how much it diminishes his like fear factor, like how, mm-hmm. how like terrifying he is. Because it's just like you're just with him all the time and he just keeps murdering people over and over to the point where by the end of the movie like he's doing it again and it literally like it's like everybody in the scene has also gotten tired of it or it's just like he like chokes the dude to death there's like one last informant that he kills Mm -hmm. and he just like wraps a noose around his neck and like pulls at it until Mm -hmm. he dies and it just like drops on the floor and then he just like "Eh," and leaves the room and everyone else is like well and then leave the room (laughs) like nobody is affected by it anymore and I feel like that was how I was feeling by that yeah. point. I was just like, okay, yeah, he killed someone else. Cool. Just like that time he killed that other guy and then that girl and then that other guy. <laughs> like he, he kills people. I get yeah, it. Yeah, he kills people a lot. If you if if that was if it was a little less of that and a little <laughs> more of the actual interesting shit that that book gives them. <laughs> watching it again when I when we first went to see it, when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh shit. And I bought the book. Because I've always been yeah. interested in in like that sort of mafia the winter hill gang thing mm-hmm. uh but i had never gotten the book i'd never read it and i was like oh shit okay there's a movie coming out all right i'm gonna have to do that and found the book read it and loved it and then when the movie was coming out getting super stoked for it we go and see it and i remember being like very disappointed mm-hmm. but then looking back on it now after we sort of decided on this topic i was like okay that one I remember being disappointed in. I bet you know, I could make a pretty good case as to, you know, this should have been better. Mm-hmm. And then as I was watching it, I was like, I'm not feeling as disappointed as I feel like I was back then. Like, I don't know what's happening here exactly. Like how, <laughs> how the movie got less disappointing, even though yeah. it's not as interesting. Like maybe my expectations are lower now yeah. or something like that. <laughs> and I kind of figured that I was like, okay, I'm going to have to like do a little quick skimming of the book too. Because I had just finished reading the book. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I feel like there was a lot of stuff in there that I was like, how was this not the movie? Mm-hmm. How did you choose these things for the movie yeah. instead of these things for the movie? Like, what the fuck? How did you choose all of the murders over <laughs> character development? <laughs> and not even just necessarily character development, but just like giving us 
an actual fucking protagonist mm-hmm. to the movie, or at least just somebody to root for. Because like watching it, I'm realizing like, okay, so you have Connolly, Joel Egerton, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and he's the FBI guy. He's from Southie, and he you know wants to advance his career. So he's going to use his old pal from the projects, Whitey, as an informant mm-hmm. and basically just tell him, like, OK, well, while you're our informant, nobody's going to be able to touch you. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a scratch your back. We scratch yours deal. And then there's Whitey, who is fucking evil and murdering. Mm-hmm. And he's the other one. And you're just looking at him and it's like neither of these guys are good guys. Yeah. You know, at and really at like any point in the movie. <laughs> and it's pretty much just watching them be worse and worse. Until seemingly just some like unrelated circumstances happen and they wind up caught Mm -hmm. and things like they rush through shit so much in the movie. There's one quick scene that basically, you know, they try to rush everything into the movie. Mm -hmm. So stuff that happens over months, years, a decade gets squished into a scene Mm -hmm. essentially because fucking there's a moment where Connolly comes in and there's a new like prosecutor guy who's taken over. Okay. As soon as Connolly shows up, he's like, why hasn't Whitey Bulger been arrested? Yeah. And he's just like, um, uh, uh, and then proceeds to blow the whole thing in this one scene. He goes from like, I know what I'm doing to like groveling idiot who ruins his own <laughs> life because he's just like, uh, you know, cause Whitey is, he's, he doesn't use phones all that much. And then he's like, well, whatever we still, if uh, there's been a million, you know, investigations into Whitey that haven't gone anywhere. Why haven't they gone anywhere? And he's like, oh, well, you know, he's not really doing much anymore. And he's like, well, which is it? Is he not using phones or is he not doing anything? And he's just like, um, um, um. And then his whole thing is blown and everyone like knows what's going on because they're like, now you're suspicious. Yeah. And it's just such a dumb fucking scene. Mm Because it's like it just it just turns him into an idiot just to ruin everything because it's like because we didn't feel like going into the details of how long this (laughs) took and how much shit had to happen to like lead people into it and that's really the biggest thing is like they were running this scam for so long uh Connolly and morris the two guys like the guy and his supervisor Mm -hmm. they would just squash everything and a lot of times like from behind the scenes it wasn't even like they'd walk in and be like um this is this is our stuff now Mm -hmm. we'll investigate and then they just let it go they would legit sabotage shit having that scene be essentially the thing that like brings all the scrutiny down on him Mm mm-hmm is a really crappy way to go about it because the real story is so much better where it's like the way that they would intentionally derail investigations into Bolger and Flemmy, his mm-hmm. associate and everything, led to their downfall, essentially. Yeah. And it includes, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reference the book okay. to sort of explain how this movie could have <laughs> been done better. Um, so for one, like I was saying, there's no fucking protagonist. Right. The book has a great protagonist, or at least a character who could be a really great protagonist. He's not in the whole story, mm-hmm. but he could at least be somebody that you're kind of rooting for. Because Bulger and Fleming are protected by the FBI. Mm-hmm. Not by the police or any of the other folks. So they are still being like investigated. Like they're like there's shit that's happening on the police level that they're not sending up the pipeline to the mm-hmm. FBI because it's like, well, this is our jurisdiction, this is our shit. Yeah. We're going to investigate this. Yeah. And, you know, they they stake out this garage for a long time. And I think his name is O'Donnelly is like the kind of guy who's in charge of this squad of the state police that have been watching Bulger and Fleming. So you make that guy the lead guy Mm -hmm. and you show a bunch of his 
attempts at getting to Bolger. Mm -hmm. And it would be great, you know, you kind of leave less scenes for Bolger so he can build up that menace that sort of, you know, where it's like you don't see him in every fucking scene. So when he shows up, you're like, oh, shit. So, you know, you'd see him from a distance through all these scenes of him being surveilled, but have this guy be the actual, like, main character of the story and just, you know, chronicle his horrible frustration as everything he's trying to do to get Bolger just goes sideways mm-hmm. because they've, you know, they've been in the book. They, they talk about how they've been um, surveilling this garage okay. where Bolger and Flemmy kind of do their business out of like a, mm-hmm. you know, an auto mechanic place. Yeah. And they'd be standing out front they talk with people and they take people back into the office and do, you know, exchanging of money and all this shit. Cops have been sitting there watching them for days and days and they're like, holy shit. This is fucking awesome. Like we got these guys. Oh man. So what are we gonna do? We gotta we gotta put a bug in there. We're gonna bug Whitey's garage, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God. You know, they go through the trouble of getting the warrant for it, you know, showing like, hey, the, these guys are doing shit. Mm-hmm. We need to get it on tape one night. Well, there's actually there's a couple nights where they try to do stuff mm-hmm. and it goes wrong. Like they just try to get a guy into the garage essentially mm-hmm. and they have one of them i think it's i think it's o'donnelly i forget but it's one of the cops goes in disguised as a tourist wanders in looking for a bathroom so that he could get in there somewhere and you know find a place to leave a bug mm-hmm. and bulger just comes out tells him there's no bathroom and tells him to fuck off and leave the garage and it's like oh well okay that one didn't work yeah so then their next plan they get like a big like a winnebago van rv kind of thing Mm-hmm. And they have another one of the cops and another, I think another cop, you know, they're playing like newlyweds mm-hmm. and they're, they're like, oh, you know, we're new to the city. We're having our, you know, whatever our, you know, honeymoon, uh, our van broke down. Can we leave it here overnight and have a mechanic look at it in the morning? Because, you know, we don't know the area. We need to get it fixed immediately, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, okay, whatever. You can, uh, you can park and park it in there. Meanwhile, O'Donnelly is in a crawl space in the van (laughs) and they're going to fucking, once they close up shop, he's going to get out of the van, place the bugs and get the fuck out of there. Problem is when they're doing it, some fucking vagrant, like a wino wanders around outside the garage and keeps like bumping into the door and making noise Mm -hmm. and like rumbling around. And they don't have any radio contact with the guy inside the van. So he has no fucking clue what's happening. Or what's out there. So he can't leave. Yeah. So he just gets stuck in the van. And then they they have another plan. They have a guy buy a bunch of beer and take it to the vagrant. And they're like, hey, sit there. Have him drink it. Drink until he passes out. And then uh, (laughs) O'Donnelly can come out of the van and do his shit. Yeah. But by the time the fucking vagrant passes out, the owner of the garage comes back. Oh, and it's like, oh, fuck. So eventually they have to get him out of there. I forget exactly how it happens, mm-hmm. but they get him out of the van, but he can't place any of the bugs. Yeah. So then finally they do another plan. They park like a truck right near the garage. They block the view from anybody with using this big truck. They kick out a panel of the garage door. They get in. They place their bugs. The next day, everything changes. Like Whitey, they no longer bring anybody back into the office where they put the bugs. <laughs> and nobody's talking about shit. They're going into Whitey's car to talk now. Like they park <laughs> his car in the garage and they go mm-hmm. and they talk in the car. Nowhere near any of the bugs. And when they're near the bugs, Whitey is extolling the virtues of the state police and talking about how great they are, like being a ball buster about it, like <laughs> saying all these compliments because he knows they can fucking hear him. And they're just mm-hmm. like, what the fuck? They found him? 
Like yeah. we just put them in there. Fuck. Like months later, they're, you know, they're still trying to do this. They're like, fuck, okay, we got to get them. We got to get them. And they discover their new routine mm-hmm. where they're going out to these, this like bank of pay phones. Okay. And like, they'll have, you know, one guy will show up early in the morning, make a phone call, go and sit in his car. Another car will show up. Bulger and Flemmy will go to separate phones, make phone calls, talk for a while, leave. And they would do that all the time. That was sort of their new routine and how they were conducting their businesses. Mm-hmm. So the cops are like, all right, fuck, all right, okay. So we got a stakeout location right near there. You know, watch them for a few more days, making sure everything's cool, you know, that they're that this is what they're going to do every day. Like, we, we get, get what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They get their fucking warrant to <laughs> tap the pay phones. Mm-hmm. They set everything up. Mm-hmm. And the next day, Bulger and Flemmy never show up. They never come back to the phones. They never use them again. And the fucking state police and O'Donnelly and everyone there, they're just like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. How do these guys keep figuring it out? Like, I have no idea what's going on or why these guys won't fucking just fall into (laughs) our traps. How do they know where they all are? (laughs) Um, And then there's like a, there's some sort of inter agency party or something where you know essentially where state police and fbi people are mingling mm-hmm. and john morris the guy who the supervisor for uh mm-hmm. Connolly, yeah is talking to this guy at the uh at this party you know he's talking to a guy mm-hmm. from the state police and for some reason morris like an idiot brings up bolger mm-hmm. and the other guy's like oh yeah um I don't really know anything about, you know, if there's any investigations going on with him right now, kind of lying about it. Like, why would he bring up Whitey Bulger right now? Mm-hmm. Like, we just suffered all this defeat at his hands. Yeah. And now he's bringing him up. Like, what the hell? And then Morris says something along the lines of like, well, if if you're trying to put a bug on them, then they know about it. And the guy's just like, what the fuck? Like, he obviously doesn't say it to him, but he's just thinking yeah. like, what, what the fuck does that mean? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you, what the hell is this dude talking about? How would he know? Yeah. That they know. Why do they know? Why does he know? You know, it's like, what yeah. the fuck is going on here? And so, you know, it's been months and months of fucking stakeouts and attempted, you know, buggings and mm-hmm. all sorts of failed ploys. So they're finally, they're at wit's end with this. Like they, they have basically one last Hail Mary shot. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, we are going to bug Whitey's car. This is like the last chance we have is to fucking is to bug his car again. Speaking of this in terms of like this being the movie instead of the the way that it is, you know, obviously you'd still have plenty of stuff in the background or not background, but you'd have plenty of scenes <laughs> of, you know, Connolly running shit and doing mm-hmm. this and, and all the bad things that they're getting away with. Yeah. But you make the protagonist, these folks and their quest to get, you know, the people who are under this yeah this thing because it's like you know being in alliance with the fbi as a criminal it's like you just you do whatever the fuck you want there's nobody to look at you yeah except for these low-level folks who keep trying and keep getting stymied by some like invisible hand that keeps coming down and just blocking it Mm -hmm. so they finally they're like okay we gotta fucking get his car you know like this this is this is the big thing and this is truly like all of this shit, this whole saga of trying to get this bug on Whitey. This whole thing is basically that one little scene with the guy yep. where he's like, why haven't they arrested Whitey Bulger? Oh, derp, 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 I'm an idiot. Oh, now I'm suspicious of you. They, you know, they get it over with in like two minutes. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, dude, this is like, this is the juicy part of the whole fucking story. Mm-hmm. So their plan, I, and I got to grab my prop here, <laughs> the actual book of Black Mass. Um, 
So they're, they finally, they have their last, their final, final, final ditch plan. Mm -hmm. So Steve Flemmy is driving Whitey's car around. What they're going to do is they're going to pull him over, you know, and they're going to say that they got word that the car is stolen. Yeah. So they're going to take it. Obviously, it'll get cleared up in a minute, right. you know, once they get it to the impound lot. And then it's like, what the fuck? I have permission. But their plan is they're going to take the car and as quickly and quietly as possible before they even get it to the lot, they're going to install the bug. And then Flemmy's going to come get the car. Bugs implanted. Mm-hmm. There you go. They pull over Flemmy and he says, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> <laughs> you know, because he's a fucking gangster. He doesn't give a fuck if they're state troopers or not. He's going to talk yeah. shit to him. And he's like, do you know who I am? You fucking jerk. This is harassment. You know, <laughs> he knows they don't have anything. Yeah. Like they're just pulling him over to be dicks, you know. And so uh, they ask for his registration. And Fleming's like, I ain't got no fucking registration. Like These are dealer plates. And they're like, yeah, well, you still should have a registration. We have to call this in. And, uh, you know, oh, turns out it's stolen, you know. And they even have a couple of uh, the troopers play acting on the radio. Being like, oh, please be advised that this vehicle comes back as stolen from Nassau County, New York in July 1970. Like making up this mm-hmm. whole fake thing so that it sounds official. So it's like, hey, we got to take it. We got to take it. Yeah. Covering their bases. And they tell them like, all right, well, it's going to have to be towed. And uh, this is just such good fucking writing. I love, <laughs> I, this, this is one of my favorite paragraphs of this whole book. Uh, but it's just, Flemmy was apoplectic. Then he uttered the words that made Long. Long was one of the troopers, like the head trooper, along with. Uh, oh, O'Donovan oh, oh, or whatever, whoever the fuck the other guys were. <laughs> um, then he uttered the words that made Long's and every other state trooper's stomach turn to mush. You tell fucking O'Donovan that if he wants to bug my car so bad, I'll drive it right up to fucking 1010. O'Donovan was obviously Lieutenant Colonel John O'Donovan, Long's commander, and 1010 was a reference to state police headquarters. Fleming knew it was over. I fucking love that. That's so cool. Yeah. The fact that he just calls him on it, right? You know, you think like, all right, well, maybe they'll get it done. Maybe the bug will work. Maybe that. And it's like, no, they're not even going to get the chance to. There's nothing. They are that far ahead. And now he's not even afraid to say it just outright. Like, hey, fucking, I know what you're doing. Yeah. Such a cool moment. Waiting for it in the movie. And they don't even bother to talk about these state troopers and the bug and everything. But that is what fucking does it. Like, they don't know it at the time. You know, nobody mm-hmm. do, nobody does. The state troopers themselves don't know it. Flemmy and them don't know it. Nobody knows it. But that is what gets the ball rolling towards, like, people asking questions about this. You know, people mm-hmm. being like, how do these guys know ahead of time that all this is going to be happening? Yeah. How are they so protected? What is going on here? And that's what really unravels mm-hmm. the story of, of Connolly and, and Bulger working together that whole alliance yeah. gets unraveled because of that but in the movie it's just one dude being like what's up with that and Connolly <laughs> being like <"Duh." laughs> and it's like well it's all over them getting in the way of these guys getting caught is what eventually gets them caught i love that <laughs> and it's such a bummer that it's not even not even touched upon it just in the movie it just seems like an inevitability bad yeah. guys eventually get caught yeah and it's like, well, yeah, but the 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 why and the how is what's <laughs> fucking interesting, not just that they got caught. Yeah. You know, it's really it's just it it really bugged me that it's like, why are you focusing on his fucking dead kid? You know what I mean? It's like they it's like, yeah, okay, that happened. That's great. I don't fucking care. That has nothing to do with the story that's interesting about Black Mass, this book. <laughs> how do you get that how do you take that part from the book? Yeah. Seriously. You know what I mean? It's like there's such cool 
police procedural shit that you could be doing, you know, full of like intrigue and, and tension. You know what I mean? Like imagine those, those sequences of them trying to get the fucking bugs into the garage and into Mm -hmm. the car and all that kind of stuff. Like how much fun and excitement Mm -hmm. and just like, Oh, what's going to happen next is going. Yeah, exactly. And instead we're getting like five minute long scenes of him sitting at the dinner table telling his kid, like, you know, if you punch someone and nobody's looking, it's like, you didn't even punch him. It's like, I don't need to know his fucking parenting styles. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Yeah. There's nothing about his home life that's interesting to me, except for his brother, you know, because he's the state senator and everything. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's an interesting dynamic. Yeah. But it's like, I don't give a fuck about his girlfriends and his ex-wife and his mm-hmm. dead kid. I'm not really feeling this. I don't care. And it just, the way it glosses over so much of it, and it never really portrays Connolly as like bloodthirsty enough I'd like to know why he felt like he like why he why he felt that way, you know, yeah. show me his drive to be the best agent in the world or, mm-hmm. you know, be the the top dog of everything. Show me that so I understand why he's willing to do this. Because in the movie, it just seems so flippant. Yeah. It seems like he's just like, oh, wait, I know Whitey. Yeah. Oh, this will be fun. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, then well. by the end of the movie, he's like, uh, I guess they got us. Like, yeah. it wasn't like a fun, jaunty weekend. Yeah. Like, oh, they caught us. It's like, this was <laughs> decades of corruption and murder and cover-ups. And the movie just plays it like they were like, ah, it was fun while it lasted. Yeah. Like, there's so much shit in this book that you could do. Mm-hmm. And they just seem to focus on the dumbest of it. There's, there's like <laughs> a couple of parts where it was pretty necessary. Mm-hmm. But they still even get it wrong. In ways that are just like, I guess it's more cinematic, but it just makes Whitey seem stupid. Like when they kill fucking Peter Sarnsgaard character in the parking lot, the mm, guy who's going to mm-hmm. like rat on them about killing mm-hmm. and Connolly to protect them is like, uh, this guy's clearly an idiot who doesn't know what he's talking about. Cut him loose. And he's like, oh, you'll, they'll kill me if you cut me loose. And he's like, uh, what are you going to do? <laughs> and then they fucking kill him. Mm-hmm. In the book, you know, in, in the real world, what happened, mm-hmm. you know, Whitey did in fact kill him, but him and the guy who went with him were disguised you know so it's like you it wasn't like they were walking around in broad daylight mm-hmm. shooting people yeah which is what happens in the movie yeah where he literally just like waltzes into the parking lot taking no efforts to conceal himself yeah and he just like walks up and shoots him like in the face like eight times and it's just like <laughs> why would he ever do this like he's so much smarter than that yeah and, the, the, you know, the book portrays that side really well of, like, how he would try to keep his hands clean or at least do the... Th- I mean, even the movie tries to make that point in the beginning of, like, if people don't see it, it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, okay. It, do you think people didn't see in the middle of the day in the parking lot? That's not really a people didn't see it kind of moment. That's a in front of the entire public kind of moment. So it's like he's not even following his own rules, for God's sake. Why couldn't you just put a ski mask on him? didn't make any sense well i think that's uh that's gonna have to wrap it up for this week that's, uh, a, that's enough disappointment for one yeah for one week <laughs> uh so uh signing off for popcorn for dinner this is jeff and kelly later, later.